Welcome in, everybody, to the Who Day Den. What a win, the importance of which cannot be understated. The Bengals moved to 5-2 and two with a win. I don't even know if win is a strong enough word. A drubbing of AFC North rival Baltimore Ravens, 41-17. to 17. The Bengals not only sit at first in the AFC North, if you look at the entire AFC conference, the Bengals sit in first place. We're at the end of October here, people. We're at the end of October. We are almost halfway through the season. This is more than just a hot stretch. This, this is not a fluky record. The Bengals are 5-2. and two. They lead the AFC North in points scored. They lead the AFC North in points fewest points allowed. Um, absolutely crazy. They've given up 128 points defensively in seven games. Pittsburgh's given up 132 in six games. So the Bengals are, are doing things on both sides of the ball that are helping this team win. And this wasn't just a win. We beat a quality opponent that had been kind of a question mark so far this season. You could look at the wins and say the Vikings are a meh team. The Steelers aren't quite what they used to be. And then we beat the Jaguars and Lions, both pretty bad teams. This was that signature win. This was the win against the opponent that has the MVP candidate at quarterback. This was the win on the road in a pretty hostile environment in Baltimore. And it wasn't just the win. This was take them behind the woodshed, whack them, beat them down. This is what uh, the NFL calls a statement game, right? This is a a Sunday slate in the uh, early afternoon that had some pretty dreadful NFL games being played. This was the marquee matchup. This was the game that was being talked about on pregame shows as a battle for the AFC North. Seven games into the season, who's going to win? Most people were picking the Ravens. And there was a lot of eyes on this game for those reasons. And as a Bengals fan, what could you have asked for anything better? What like realistically, what outcome, what would have made that game any better than what it was? The defense remains strong. The offense is now catching up. And we've seen back to back dominant performances from this team on both sides of the ball. We've got that signature win, like I said, and we have like this is just a fun team to root for. This is a fun team that's winning games. Is there a more fun team in the NFL to root for? I mean, I know we're, you know, this is a Bengals podcast, so I'm sure there's some bias here, but try to be objective and think about the teams in the NFL. Who is more fun to watch? I mean, it's in years past, it'd be the Kansas City Chiefs. It's definitely not them this year. They look dreadful on defense and their offense is not clicking. I would say maybe the Chargers, they're a pretty fun team. Um, like the Chargers Browns game from a couple weeks ago, when you've got a young quarterback like Herbert and the weapons he has, like that's a f- that's a pretty fun team to watch. They didn't show up though against the Ravens last week when they only scored six points. I, what what other teams? What other teams are you? I mean, the Buccaneers—they're a really good team. I'm not sure people like love watching Tom Brady win every single year. I respect him; he's the goat for now. Let's give Joe Burrow some time. He's the goat for now, but I'm not sure that's a really fun team to watch necessarily. The Bengals are a fun team. We have a studly defense. We have an explosive offense. That's like that's a lethal combination. I, I don't know what else you would be looking for in a team if you're just a casual NFL fan saying, who do I want to watch? Who do I want to root for? If you play fantasy football, we have offensive weapons that are on your fantasy teams. We have Joe Burrow. We have Jamar Chase, who is setting all sorts of records in the NFL, which also translate to like, you know, fantasy football records, the most PPR points scored in their first seven games or whatever. 
it's a fun team and it's our team and it, how we won this game was just as impressive as you know the overall victory itself this was a domination in every aspect of the game if you want to point to something that didn't go well uh i would say the decision to punt from like our uh the baltimore 40 something that went into the end zone netted us like 16 yards or something that was not my favorite decision but it was fourth and 10 and i wished it would have been downed you know inside the five it didn't okay (laughs) if that's your biggest complaint from a game uh that's pretty good that's pretty good and they closed out this game like good teams close out games they have a 27 to 17 lead Uh, we're basically lining up under center, running the ball, trying to milk some clock. There's 12 minutes left in the game. I think Baltimore was down to just one timeout. They had lost one on a challenge. They had used one earlier to prevent a delay of game, I believe. So we've got the 10 point lead on the road. Let's try to use a little bit of clock. Four runs, 38 yards. That drive is capped off by a mix in 21 yard touchdown extends the lead to 34 to 17 effectively ends the game there's still you know 10 ish minutes left or something but a 17 point lead with the way that defense was playing felt like that was the cherry on top but that wasn't all the next drive we line up under center and we continue handing it off Uh, unfortunately you know that drive was only two plays but that's because the second carry went for 46 yards and a touchdown 41 to 17 the route is on how many times as Bengals fans have we been on the other side of that you know, we one feeling like, man, this game's over and there's still almost a quarter left to play. It, it was weird. I was like celebrating. I'm sending, you know, congratulatory, celebratory, whatever you want to call them, texts to friends and family that are Bengals fans. And then I'm looking and I'm like, man, there's still 10 minutes left in this game, but it's effectively over. How many times has that been us on the other side saying, golly, do I really want to watch the rest of this game as we're losing? Do I want to switch it over to a different game? And secondly, and maybe more impressively is we typically are looking at the Bengals talking. If, if you're optimistic, you're talking yourself into, all right, we're down 10 or we're down 13 or 17. But if we can get one stop and then score, we're kind of right back into it. But we got to get a stop. They're going to run the ball. We know what they're going to do. We got to get the stop. And we can't. We couldn't do it in the past. Today, that was us. That was our team. We're lining up under center. The Ravens know, hey, they're going to run the ball. They're trying to milk the clock a little bit here. We're smashing them in the beak get it because they're Ravens. They knew it was coming. They could not stop us. And to me, that's just pure domination. That is pure domination. Joe Burrow commented on that in the postgame presser. I think it was a big statement. We're 2-0 in the division for the first time that I can remember. And, you know, I was, you know, the most exciting thing were the two of the last three drives where, you know, they knew we were going to run the ball and and the O-line really, you know, took it to them. That was exciting to see. I know those guys were fired up about that. So that's that's how you should finish a game. You start out throwing the ball, getting out up on top, and then the O-line finishes it off. So we have an offense that puts up 40 plus for the first time since December of 2013, which is wild. I really would have thought some of those teams since then that had some offensive weapons would have put up 40 plus since then, but not the case. Been almost eight years since that happened. It was the most points that Baltimore has allowed at home under their defensive coordinator, uh, who I believe joined in 2018. It was the second most yards they've allowed in that span as well. And the Bengals did all of this in like pretty much two and a half quarters, which is just goes. I I keep describing the offense, or at least for this game, the offensive output is explosive. 
I don't know what else to describe it as. In two and a half quarters that you're able to put up those types of numbers against a very formidable defense is explosive. That's the, that's the definition. At the end of the first quarter, the Bengals had three points. Uh, they were averaging three and a half yards per play. It was a pretty ugly first quarter. Luckily, our defense is so good that you know things hadn't gotten away from us. It was three to three. But then quarters two through four averaged over 10 yards per play, 450 plus yards in those three quarters. And again, this was like really in like two and a half quarters because Burrow and the rest of the starters got pulled, I would say with like a seven-ish, eight-ish minutes left in the fourth quarter, something like that. Again, a defense that is formidable. They held the Chargers, who are a high-powered offense themselves with lots of weapons. They held them to six points last week. We put up like 400. We put up a good uh, offensive day, 450 plus yards, however many points in two and a half quarters. Absolutely wild. And I mentioned at the beginning of the last uh, episode that I thought the Ravens were prone to giving up big plays. When we looked at their defensive efforts against the Raiders, the Chiefs, the Colts, they had a number of games where they were giving up half a dozen or more chunk plays, 20 plus yard plays, mostly through the air. I thought that was an area where the Bengals could take advantage, especially when you think about the weapons that we have on the outside, especially Jamar Chase and his ability to pop off big plays. Boy, oh boy, did the Bengals take advantage of that. Today, the Bengals had chunk plays of 21 yards, 21 yards, 23, 25, 26, 27, 32, 46, 55, 82. That's 10 plays of over 20 plus yards. A couple of those were running plays, um, so they weren't all through the air, but who cares? Who cares how we're getting the chunk yardage? The point remains that this defense was was uh, a little bit suspect when it came to eliminating big plays, splash plays, and the Bengals took advantage of that. 520 yards, a career high 416 passing yards from Joe Burrow. Um, kudos to him for setting a career high early on in his career. You know, I expect he'll have a few more 400-yard games under his belt before the, his career comes to an end. Jamar Chase with 200-plus receiving yards. I mean, the guy said he came out and said, point blank, I, I want to set records. I'm going to set records. He said that when he was drafted. And he's literally doing that every single week. Every week, it seems like we've got some graphic on the TV to say Jamar Chase is now the most prolific wide receiver in their first five games, the most receiving yards in their first six games, in their first seven games, whatever it is. He's setting records every single week. He is the far and away front runner for um, rookie of the year. And it helps that it's a little bit of a weaker quarterback class because that award typically goes to quarterbacks. But Unless there was some quarterback setting records, it would be hard not to give it to somebody like Jamar Chase. And today we got to see his yak, his yards after catch ability. And if you saw his tape at LSU, we saw him um, with the connection with Burrow, similar to what we've seen this year, where he's able to beat his guy, get down the sideline, deep ball dropped in the bucket over the shoulder, touchdown. He was very physical in college as well, able to kind of bully guys to get position and get first down yardage. We hadn't quite seen that part of his game. I don't think in the NFL, his route running has been on display. We've seen that he cannot be covered one-on-one -on -one, no matter who is defending him. We saw that again. That's no surprise. But this week we got to see that combination of strength and speed on the 82 yard play. He literally is running a slant beats his man one-on-one -on -one because of course he does breaks a few tackles, maintains his balance. And then the speed, I mean, he's pulling away from guys and I know his combine numbers were very impressive. 
from speed score and things like that to show the type of athlete he was. So it's not necessarily unexpected. But in college, I didn't feel like you saw that wasn't the name of his game. It wasn't like a Henry Ruggs, Deshaun Jackson type of player where their whole game is built on speed. The fact that he has that NFL breakaway speed on top of all those other things, I don't know how you don't consider the dude already a top 10 NFL wide receiver. I'm sure you could go higher. I'm not going to go through naming all of them. But when you think of the the NFL across all 32 teams, if you have to pick a wide receiver on your team that you're starting with, who are you picking? I guess if you're doing like an expansion team, you want to take into account age. He's probably like number one or number two, somewhere up there with Justin Jefferson. If you're just looking overall and even considering some of the not so young guys, the Devontae Adams, the DeAndre Hopkins of the world, he still has to be up there in the top 10. And he's seven games into his NFL career. Unbelievable. And I think Zach Taylor deserves a ton of credit right now for this win. I thought the Bengals did a great job today letting the game come to them. I mentioned it last episode. I was I was hopeful that they were not going to force feed the ball. Say, hey, Joe Mixon, we need to we need to control the clock. So we're going to try to run it on every first down. We're going to try to run it on any second and medium or third and short or whatever it may be, because we need to get the ground game going. It wasn't really clicking today for a majority of the game, and they didn't force it. And early on, when we were really focusing our offensive attack on the Ravens DB, uh, Averett, Averett, whatever his name is, that's what T. Higgins was the beneficiary of that. He had 11 targets in the first half. And now he wasn't extremely efficient with all those targets, struggled a little bit to reel some in. Burrow was a little bit high early on, but they focused on that matchup. That's what they wanted to exploit. And then later on, Jamar Chase becomes the focal point as he wins his one-on-one matchups. They protected Burrow. This goes back to Zach Taylor. He helped protect Joe Burrow today because early on this line was struggling a little bit. Um, Overall, one sack allowed. But early on, Burrow was really scrambling around a lot. Jonah was struggling a little bit on the edge against Justin Houston. The Bengals started protecting Burrow with two backs flanked um, around him in shotgun. It was typically Uzama and Mixon or Uzama and Pirine. And that's not something we'd seen a lot of so far this season. But what it did was allow... Joe to have a couple guys there that can uh, identify any blitzers or free rushers or whatever it may be to get a chip on him. I saw Joe Mixon get a nice chip on uh, a rusher at one point that Joe was able to make a Joe Burrow was able to make a nice throw on after that. The Bengals ran play action out of shotgun. They ran it from under center. We even saw a three-step drop um, on a snap from under center, which I don't think they really ever do. If the Bengals are under center, they're running a wide zone or they are running a play action. And Burrow just did a three-step drop. I think he hit Higgins um, on the left side for six or seven yard game. Zach Taylor has done a good job making this offense less predictable in recent weeks. Kudos to him. Think back to that Chicago game. That feels like forever ago. If we played Chicago right now, we would stomp them. But if you think back to that Chicago game, we were so frustrated with what we were and we're not seeing out of Zach Taylor and the growth that he has shown so far in this season. And it helps. His offense is executing too. There was some there was some blame to go around early in the season when things weren't going well. Burrow looked like he was getting his legs underneath of him coming back from the injury and the offense was trying to gel a little bit. They've done a good job of doing that. So that helps. It makes things look a little bit better. But even if the results weren't there, the actual scheme and and play calling that we're seeing is different. It's better than what it was even just a month ago. Kudos to Zach Taylor. 
Now, I had tweeted before the game, I thought defensively some of the keys were we needed to generate pressure with a four-man uh, four rush. We need to be able to get off the field on third downs, and we need to be able to contain Lamar because we know Lamar Jackson is going to scramble, right? My concern is you get some guys rushing Trey Hendrickson's of the world, Sam Hubbard's of the world, and you get too far up the field, and that opens up wide open lanes for Lamar Jackson to run through. I thought our defense did a good job today. We held the Ravens to 5 of 16 on third down. I thought offensively we needed to avoid those drives where we have consecutive drives of three and out, three and out, three and out. The offense can't get going. Uh, I said the offensive line needed to communicate well to avoid those free rushers. And I thought we needed to stay aggressive today, remain unpredictable in our play calling throughout the game, not have those stagnant drives where we're just doing the same thing over and over with no results. I thought the offense did all those things today. I I really thought if the Bengals did four of those six things, I said, do a couple of those defensive things, a couple of those offensive things, we would have a chance to win. The Bengals did all of those, and they did all of them very well, checked all the boxes, and came away with a 24-point win. Some of the other things I really like from this game, the Bengals were very, they played a very clean game. Um, Penalty-wise, we only had one false start penalty today for five yards. No offensive holding penalties, no defensive pass interference or holding penalties no roughing the passer calls nothing and when the offense bogged down last week against Detroit it was because of those penalties Uh, if you recall there was one drive where we converted the first down to T Higgins it's then called back for offensive holding we're now in like a second and 20 or third and 20 whatever it is you're then playing off schedule and it kind of hurts your offense it it changes what you're trying to do then because now you have obviously a lot more uh, yards to get before you get the first down That didn't happen today. That didn't happen. We had the one penalty. We had the one turnover on the bad burrow interception that ended the drive. Other than that, it was a very clean game offensively. I felt like defensively, we did not do anything that really bailed out Lamar Jackson. Um, We didn't have any of those dumb penalties. Lamar didn't look particularly accurate today. The defense held him to under 50% completion percentage, and we made him make throws. And I'm not, he's a very good quarterback. I'm I'm not on board with the people that say he's just a running back um, back there. He's, he's very good at running the ball, but he's a good passer. We saw that just a couple of weeks ago when he threw for like 400 yards or whatever against the Colts. We know he's a good passer and the Bengals said, you know what? We're not going to let you run the ball against us for 100, 150 yards, break off those huge runs. We are going to make you beat us with your arm. And they weren't able to do that today. I thought Joe Burrow's pocket presence really showed itself today. I think he's fully back. We knew it was going to take him a little bit of time to get comfortable back there. Early in the season, he seemed a little skittish uh, when pressure was around him. He's standing in when the pressure mounts, when the pocket's collapsing a little bit. He's standing in. He's taking hits if he needs to to get the throw off. Today, you saw him stepping up in the pocket to make throws. You saw him sliding left or right to evade tacklers and give himself a a clearer lane to step into a throw. Like I said, the game started a little bit rough for the offensive line, especially Jonah getting worked a little bit on the edge, but they settled in. They gave up the one sack. Burrow's able to navigate the pressure, and we know that as long as this offensive line can keep Joe Burrow upright and give him just a little bit of time, he will pick apart any defense. He has shown that. And I'm pretty impressed with the offensive line's performance today overall. Now, the other thing that I thought was an interesting, and, and they mentioned it during the broadcast. Uh, I hadn't really paid attention to it otherwise, but the Bengals took the lead three different times in the first half. They took the lead three to nothing. Then the Ravens tied it up. 
Then the Bengals take the lead 10 to three. Then the Ravens tie it up. And then the Bengals take the lead 13 to 10. Three different times in that first half, the Bengals offense was able to answer and get points on the board and take the lead back. They did it again, of course, in the second half to go up 20 to 17, and they didn't look back from there. But this is a very resilient bunch. This does not look like any sort of team that is going to ever roll over for an opponent. This doesn't look like the type of team, and this is credit to Zach Taylor as well. This team, I have not seen them come out and look flat in a game. They did not execute in some of their games this year, namely like the Chicago game wasn't pretty, but they haven't looked flat in any games. They don't look unprepared um, for these games, and that's a credit to Zach Taylor. And it's a resilient bunch that I think it'll be interesting when we're put into some of these positions where we need to uh, catch up how we do in those games. I know Chicago, we're down like 20 to three, I believe, and then started opening the book up a little bit in the late in the fourth quarter, but it's a little bit too, too little too late. But it, it'll be interesting when we get into some of those games where we get down 10 to nothing early or we're down 13 to three at halftime, how this team responds to those. But so far, this has been a very impressive um, performance from this team. This You can tell the culture that Zach Taylor has been talking about for years is really coming to fruition. And then the other complaint we've had, and, and I've mentioned it, is the consistency or lack thereof on this offense when we had those drive after drive, three and out, three and out, can't get anything going, shoot ourselves in the foot with a penalty, those types of things. The Bengals are up three to nothing. They then punt the ball. Uh, go three and out. We had a couple three and outs there. And thankfully our defense was able to hold us um, or hold the Ravens in check during that time. We had a couple three and outs and I was a little bit concerned. Um, however, the the offense came back and their next drives were touchdown, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, interception, touchdown, touchdown. That's how we get to 41-17 game over. The they really only had a couple of drives and there was the, one of those drives was the only one I think where you could look at it and be like, eh, Zach, what are you doing? The play call for the uh, P Ryan fullback dive was weird and frustrating that they couldn't get a yard on a couple of different occasions to get a first down. But that was really the only time you could question the play calling, I think. And after that, the Bengals answered, they did not get conservative. They had a total of three, three and out drives. One of them came late in the game though, when it was, all but over. So really those two in the, I believe is the first quarter um, where they went three and out and back-to-back drives were the only drives that weren't productive drives. And it's not that you're going to score every single drive, although we pretty much did in the second half and we did in the second half of the Jacksonville game. That's not always going to happen, of course, but even if you're not scoring every single drive, at least moving the ball down the field, if you want to think about it from a field position perspective, if you're getting the ball to 25 yard line, um, off of a touchback and then going three and out, you're not going to really pin the other team deep. Usually they're going to have decent field position, at least if you get a few first downs and then you have to punt or then you at least open up the opportunity to go for it on fourth down. If you're at the opponent 45 yard line versus your own 25 yard line, it opens up a lot of possibilities and opportunities for your team. And the Bengals did a good job of that today. And some of that goes to Zach Taylor again for his aggressiveness. And I talked about earlier, I thought that was a key to the game to not get too conservative. And I was afraid when we took a lead uh, 27-17 that it was going to get extremely conservative. And I mean, maybe it kind of did. It helps when Mixon and Pirine get you 14 points when you're just trying to run the clock out. Um, But again, that was execution. Leading up to that, though, the play calling was great. Um, I thought even when the Bengals went down at the uh, beginning of the first half, 
the Cincinnati offense was aggressive all day long, attacking Baltimore. And that's Zach Taylor. That's Joe Burrow executing. Again, it's really everyone on the offense executing. And we can't talk about this performance without talking a little bit more about the defense. Uh, They gave up that touchdown to start the second half. And then the remaining drives for Baltimore went punt, punt, turnover on downs, turnover on downs, turnover on downs, punt. And then starters are pulled, of course. This defense is not a defense that is going to ever allow the Bengals to get blown out. They're just not going to. In those games we've seen where our offense gets bogged down, our defense is keeping us in it. And if you looked at last year's game, when we had three straight drives where we went three and out or maybe a turnover, three straight drives where we didn't move the ball, it was 17 to nothing Baltimore at that point. Our defense couldn't stop them. It's basically like you have to score every time you have the ball because our defense can't get stops. Our defense is, I don't know if you can throw the word elite around, but man, they are very good. They play solid as a unit. And it's weird because I would say outside of Cincinnati, not a lot of casual NFL fans know maybe anybody on our defense. We don't have a TJ Watt or a JJ Watt or some of these players where the general NFL public knows who they are. Now we know who they are and we know they're good. I would say like Geno Atkins, Vontez Perfect, for better, for worse, were a couple of players. If you think about in the past, like people knew who those guys were. Um, and I don't know if we have that. I think Jesse Bates always flies under the radar. Maybe once we pay him, he'll get a little bit more notoriety. But Jesse Bates flies under the radar. Awuzier is kind of, I mean, if you listen to the broadcast, they'll talk about how impressive he's been. But I'd say the casual NFL fan, when you're saying who's played really well at defensive back this year, they're not saying, oh, it's, it's Awuzier from Cincinnati. Uh, Logan Wilson, he is, again, one of the guys that's getting a little bit more recognition from the NFL media, maybe. I don't think I don't think casual fans are going to be able to pick Logan Wilson out of a lineup. This we know they're good, um, and and we know what they're capable of. But this isn't a team full of just studs of all pro guys. But they play very well to get together as a unit, and they're going to keep the games close even when the offense is struggling. Um, but to hold Baltimore to 17 points, a team that was averaging over 28 coming into this game. At home, I thought they did an outstanding job today. Uh, Lou did a great job. I I was impressed with his calling today as well. The big plays we gave up, uh, like the long touchdown to Marquise Brown, there's not a whole lot you can do about that. That was a great pass, a great catch, only where Marquise Brown could get it. There's not a whole lot you could have done about that. You just kind of say, that's a great play. Some of the other chunk plays they gave up were a result of Andrews or Bateman getting kind of in between levels, in between the linebackers in front of the defensive backs, 15 yards down the field and then running with it or something like that. All in all, though, I thought Lou called a pretty great game and he didn't dial up the blitz a ton, but it seemed like every time the Bengals were blitzing, it was effective. It was uh, resulting in sacks. It was resulting in Lamar. Lamar's kind of interesting in that it seems like he is a really good um, thrower when he's scrambling on his own terms when he wants to get out of the pocket and then throw on the run he's pretty good we saw him do it a couple times today but when he's forced out of the pocket and he's scrambling away from pressure that's forced him off of his spot he seemed to get a little skittish today he seemed to be a little rushed and we saw him making some poor throws. He threw some high. He bounced one later in the game. I think it was in the fourth quarter. He bounced one because we brought a blitz and he didn't have time to get rid of the uh, 
he didn't have time to step into his throw really defense did a great job and i think sam hubbard is probably the player of the game not just because he had two and a half sacks but i mean he and trey and trey hendrickson's been really a menace off the edge every game and he he was consistently pushing back alejandro villanueva today too but hubbard did a great job i thought of not losing contain on lamar and that was my biggest concern our edges get pushed up the field lamar steps up runs through one of those huge gaps and then you're relying on Logan Wilson to make a play uh, in the open field or a defensive back coming up after he's already, Lamar's already picked up 10 plus yards. And we didn't have to worry about that today. I don't know how many times I saw Sam Hubbard get push up field, get push up field. And it's almost like when he realized I'm not going to be able to get around this tackle to get the sack, he would pull back just a little bit. And he's almost waiting for Lamar to take that lane that he thinks he sees. And then he dis Hubbard disengages from his guy and then makes the tackle. A couple of those resulted in sacks. Another one was technically like a three yard rush or something, but Hubbard tripped him up. Obviously could have been a lot bigger gain. He played really well. Um, this defense overall doesn't look like, I mean, what part of this defense could you look at and say, I'm a little worried about regression coming here. I'm a little worried about that being fluky. I don't think like when you look at this team, I don't think there's anywhere that you could say, I mean, are we going to score 40 points every week offensively? No, but we were waiting for the offense to finally click. That was the thing where we were hoping for positive regression to say, okay, this is this offense isn't going to be this bad all year long. We're going to wait. Uh, eventually they're going to click and they have, but this defense has played this well all year. This defense isn't coming away with uh, record setting numbers of sacks or record setting number of turnovers. Something where you think ah, that might eventually even out. They are just playing solid every single game. The offense uh, is starting to click. And if if they stay hot, the offense that is, this is going to be an extremely difficult team to beat. Now, I could not wait. I know in the past I've done like later in the week a poll on Twitter saying, what's your confidence level in Zach Taylor? I couldn't wait. Couldn't wait. After the game, I ran it right away. And... Bengals fans must be very uh, excited and active on social media immediately after wins because this one's already got like 200 plus votes on it and the last one only got like 100. So thank you, Bengals fans, for voting. There's a trend. There's a very obvious trend that the Bengals fans are supporting Zach Taylor more and more, which is to be expected. If you look at, uh, I think I started this in week four was the first week I posted this poll. In week four, 47% of the people said they had a confidence level of four to five in Zach Taylor. So what like, we'll say that's half the people thought he was average to below average ish. Um, this week we have uh, 65% of the people saying a six to seven confidence level in him six to seven. So we think we're above average to pretty comfortably confident in Zach Taylor's ability as a head coach. And this week, a quarter of the people that voted Again, it's 200-ish people, so a quarter of the, you're talking like 50-ish people. So We're talking small sample sizes all in all, but I think it gives us an idea of our fan base here. A quarter of the people that voted gave him an 8 to 10. They're, they're somewhere in the 8 to 10 range with Zach Taylor. When I started this poll uh, back after the, I think it was after the Jacksonville win, only 5% of the people gave him an 8 to 10. So even though early on in the season we were sitting at 3 and 1, not a lot of the fan base would say they felt extremely confident in his ability as a head coach. And I think a lot of that was the Chicago game having some questions. The Jacksonville game was a little closer than people wanted. 
not a lot of people were confident in Zach Taylor. And now we're looking at almost halfway through the season, just three, four weeks later, a quarter of the fan base voting here is saying, yes, I, I feel very confident in Zach Taylor. And I, I was in that four to five range coming into the year. I felt like I was staying there for a while. I thought he was a good like locker room guy and he preaches the culture and players seem to like him. So that's good. But can he call plays? Can he coach a game? Can he make adjustments? I don't know. And I thought I would need to see quite a few games of him doing those things before I was comfortable enough moving my confidence level up. But let me tell you, I am firmly in the six to seven range right now. And about 66% of the people that voted in this poll are as well. The majority of fans say he's somewhere between a six and 10 range. So I'm in that six to seven range. I I think he's, he's showing that he's above average. I feel above average confidence in him that he's the type of coach that we can win important games with. I think we've already beat Pittsburgh and we've already beaten uh, the Ravens, Pittsburgh on the road, Baltimore on the road. Those are big opponents. We won the games we're supposed to win like the Jaguars and the Lions. Those are games we're supposed to win. We have another one of those coming up. So there's nothing from this season in the last four, five weeks that makes me feel any less confident in Zach Taylor as a head coach. Winning games, of course, is going to help the fan base, uh, you know, like you more. But he's adapting the offense. He's changed the culture. He's won over the players. Props to Zach Taylor from the Who Day Din pod. Now, we have a very winnable game on the schedule next week against the New York Jets. There are no gimmies in the NFL, right? No gimmies. The Lions almost beat the, the Ravens, and we kind of almost lost to the Jaguars. There are no gimmies, but there is no reason. The Jets are close. There's no reason we should not be 6-2 and two this time next week. Um, the Jets are a mess offensively and defensively. I'm not sure there is any position group that I would confidently say the Jets are way better than the Bengals at. Um, the Bengals have the sizable advantage. I expect they'll be eight to 10 point favorites in that game, even though it is a road game. I won't be in town though this week to record a Jets preview episode, but that's okay. Cause I'm not sure uh, the Jets have any real fans anyways, these days. So um not sure who's covering that team. I will be out of town. So there will not be a Jets preview episode. So this will be it for the Who Day Den until next week. Hopefully, I'll be able to record a Jets recap episode talking about how we're 6-2 and two now. Thanks, as always, for listening. It is a great day to be a Bengals fan. Until next time, Who Day! Who Day!